0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Oscar Robertson, Blue Ops
0: What a year that has been! The Bucs are the world champions! Montreal going
2: inside.
0: Second,
1: Middleton, Yes, Chris Middleton! Happy birthday, Jason Kidd. This places up for
0: him. Behind the back, yes, and then a beautiful catch. And they watch. Holy moly! Dudley up top. open, has got a clean catch. And Milwaukee wins it. We play basketball and win. And win? Yeah. How many games? Six we going,
2: be, we're going win six. Hello, and welcome to episode 342 of the Win at Six podcast, part of the Eurostep podcast network and proudly a part of the Blue Wire podcast family. I'm your host, Adam McGee. And joining me as always, it is the GSPN Jeopardy champion, my good friend, Jordan <laughs> Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. How are you doing? You're enjoying the crown?
1: Yeah, I'm holding the belt, high Bobby Porter style, Yana style wrestling, whatever belt that there is.
2: People who have not yet checked out, it is on the pod feed, but you're best served to go to the Earstep Podcast Network YouTube channel. You can watch our very first edition of GSP and Jeopardy, and then you can tweet at Rowan Caddy. That's at Or Caddy Junior, <laughs> demanding justice, justice for me because I was I was done wrong. What we're here to do today, though, this is the first in a series of podcasts that Jordan and I are going to do over the course of the next, I guess, month or six weeks or so, where there's a couple of things we want to do. First of all, we wanted to keep just basking in the championship glory. Who knows when this comes around again? So we want to talk a little bit about just how the experience has been, what it made all of us feel. And in doing that, it also seemed like a perfect opportunity to talk to some books fans and talk to some friends of ours and talk to some people who maybe were on the pod a long time ago, some people we've never got around to having on the pod. Basically, just a whole collection of people that we like to talk to and we maybe haven't had the opportunity at lots of times before. And this seems like the perfect opportunity. What better time than to continue to talk with the championship, get people's own perspectives on what it's like to be a books fan and what it's like to be a books fan now. So, with that in mind, our very first guest, and we're delighted to have him here with us, is one of our longest-running listeners. Um, someone who has always been great in supporting us, plugging us. Someone that Jordan and I love to talk to. It's our good friend Ben, known better to most of you as David Dun Twenty One, uh, Teutonia World. Whatever, whatever kind of whether it's Twitter, whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcast, you're all over everything. So, Ben. It's amazing to finally have you on Win Six.
3: I've paid my dues, <laughs> time after time. I've done my sentence, but committed no crime. And bad mistakes, boom, 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 boom. I've made a few. I've had my share of sand kicked in my face but I've come through everybody everybody in the back listening car and we are going on and on and on and on we are the champions my friends ba and we'll keep on winning till the end dun, 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 dun. We are the champions. We We are are the the champions. champions. No (laughs) time for James Harden, because we are the champions of the world. I, I, like, turned on my phone light when I did this. It's like...
2: Oh, I see it. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I was going to at one point, I was like, I was going to come in on that. And I was like, no, I want to I want to see how long he's going to go mm-hmm. with this, how far he wants to push it. I, I was um, hoping
3: you were going to stop me, but just.
2: <laughs> well, at the start, I was like, is he just going to is he just going to sing the first few lines? Because really, this could be about your time listening to Win in Six as much as it's about anything to do with the books, you know, serving yes. your sentence, committing no crime. That's <laughs> you've, you've listened to for quite a few years, so uh, that would he... be apt.
3: You brought me fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. I thank you
2: all <laughs> How are you doing? how are you you feeling a couple of are we a couple of months yeah around that removed from the books being NBA champions you're a lifetime books fan. I know we've had countless conversations um on your podcast privately over the years where I don't know if any of us really believed this would happen. so how are you feeling now
3: it's it's better than I even thought it could be. I it, It's become so good. I don't want anything to sully it, really. Like, like, I don't I'm not like all that Summer League stuff and like people are comparing like, oh, Jordan, Nora, this and that great game. Like, man, I mean, I understand you guys are, 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 are excellent content creators and you're kind of still cranking and cranking out a lot of really cool, interesting new stuff. I I want this season encased in amber. It it's just been great. Uh, once I got to that kind of weekend and got to marinate on it a little bit, because I, I was kind of on a busy kind of work and personal schedule. It's been incredibly gratifying and satisfying. Um, I, it, well, I mean it it it's literally it's literally become a movie. It, it's it it's it's. If you had to compare it. And again, if you're a Raptors fan and you got a lot of gratification out of that title, like I'm not really here to talk bad about you, but it's the most satisfying title since the Cavs. Certainly, um, narratively, it probably since, you know, the 94 Rockets and the 91 Bulls, It's it's been a long time since something had such kind of small market meaning. You can, you can put any meaning in the season that you want to, but just for me personally, I did not believe in this team. I did not believe in this coach. Um, I had general skepticisms about Giannis that maybe he's just like the 40th best player of all time, which is great, you know, like, but maybe he's in, in that excellent David Robinson class or something like that. And, and this it's the season snuck up on me. I'm doing great. I'm to answer your question, man, I'm doing, I'm doing great with it. I, I, my heart is full toward the Bucks and all these things. I, I, it's been incredible.
2: I think we're very much still in that kind of place too, Jordan. Right?
3: Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It's a lot of things uh, washed by the wayside when you see your team win a championship, and it's like, yeah, they got you know. I mean, yeah. There's certain moves that we can quibble with. They're like, why don't they? The old off-season stuff of like, why did they get go after Paul Millsap or these like free interesting stuff like that, and it's like. But they just want a title, like they like a lot of these players are still here, save for PJ Tucker. Like the the nucleus, the core, and all that stuff is still there, and you know it's a shame that like the season starts so soon because it's a quickly becoming like oh like let's see how like the new team comes along and stuff like that. So it's like you kind of like have to get thrust back into the present of it all, but like it's still it's been fifty years and all like. And like you said, the significance of a team like the Bucks and like the odds that they had to, you know, overcome throughout their playoff run just in general. But um, it's stuff like that where it's like, yeah, it goes back to like the Cavs when they finally won or even like, you know, Dirk finally winning with the Mavericks, even though they're not like, the Mavericks are not a small market team, but it just felt like, especially compared to the glitz and glamour of the big three finally coming, you know, formulating that that year and all that stuff it's just weird how like all like the parallels like kind of just like come across especially when you have someone as great as ganas just leading it to the promised land it became our
3: miracle on ice moment
2: yeah very very much and even i mean the the one that i felt like always came up in terms of trying to map out what the books could be as a champion who their comp would be it's it comes up for everyone if it's like if you're not just stacked with megastars now it's like oh the oh four pistons thing about the Pistons, though, is they won three championships in, like, 15 years, you know? <laughs> so there was no long wait, you know? The construction of that team was notable. But for the franchise, they were going through a golden era, um, the likes of which most other teams can only dream of. And you're right, Ben, in terms of even the Summer League stuff. I mean, we committed to that. We were like, yeah, Summer League. We're going to do Summer League stuff. We we all watched two games and just bailed. We were like, no. You know, this is... yeah." You know, it's, it's none of us had our heart. It was what like, a
1: week after, right, or two weeks after. Yeah, it was so it's like... so
2: fast. And it's, <laughs> as I joked at the time, it's like the draft was like three days later, and Adam Silver stands up and he's like, "The new season starts now." It's like, whoa, let's hold on. Let's let the books have their moment. Uh, but what I what I want to do is. <laughs> I said Adam Silver. I said it too soon. It was dangerous. <laughs> I nearly baited you into something. But we might we might get to something along those lines later, um, naturally in the flow of conversation. Who knows? What I want to do though, what we're going to do across all of these episodes, the interviews we have with various books fans and friends of ours over the next while, is I want to I want to go on the journey. I want us for you to take us on your journey as a books fan us to jump in with you so we can all remember essentially what it's been like, what it's like to get to this point. So let's go all the way back. This is, I think a very simple question for you it may not be so simple for some other people we asked down the line, but why are you a bucks fan? Cause
3: my, my dad is awesome and, and taught me the value of day of hard work and all this kind of stuff like that so we delivered newspapers when we were really super um young and um i was fascinated with kind of the box score watching of of the day-to-day which which probably crested a little bit later in the kind of glint 1994 glenn robinson jason kidd Grant hill uh rookie debate but even before that um my dad wouldn't buy us Bucks tickets. We all had to save up and we would all pay a third and maybe we would subsidize a little bit of it, but we would get 10 packs. I don't know if they still have 10 packs, but basically the 10 pack was 10 tickets plus one or 10 tickets plus two, or maybe it was 12 tickets and one was a preseason game. Maybe one was a Mac fun game or something like that. But basically it was like, but the, the, the hook with the, with the 10 packs was you'd get one bulls game you know, in the Jordan Bulls era, or you'd get one Bulls game and you could kind of pick and, and it would actually be, I kind of miss, a- Adam knows far more about, uh, and is far more kind of sort of kind of the days of print media, but like, it would be in the paper, it would be like a, a, a third of a page ad. And it would even be like, package number one, you can watch, you know, you can and they all had the Bulls like highlighted, you can have the Bulls, but you can also have the Lakers or you can have the Bulls and you know whoever the big team would have been in that time and we'd pick and, and I'd, I'd take it to school and we kind of say well this one this one you could get to see the spurs but you know this one you could get to see the, the Cavs with mark price and and doherty and Nance or whoever and but we went to a lot of bucks games we we went because ten is ten ten to me was a, is a lot of games to go to and you have to go downtown and you'd have to walk you know we didn't pay for parking <laughs> 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 you know so you you go go kind of through that kind of sketch neighborhood uh, you know, t- to park and you'd walk through the snow. And, and some games we just flat out decided we're not going to, you know, so you'd get like a 10 pack and you maybe pay for seven or eight, but it, great memories with my dad and my brother um, going to watch the Bucks, And in the early days, even before that, I mean, and this might've even been like the Sigma Bucks, like kind of right. the late career, kind of that run. Cause my, fr- I have, a I have a really good memory, but my first memory of, of any basketball is, uh, eighty six, eighty seven Celtics, whichever one that was, where it seemed like the Bucks were gonna win, and, and and um, my grandmother, who's who's no longer with us, was was screaming, they're they're cheating us, they're cheating us. Which which my grandmother d- doesn't didn't understand basketball, but it was just you know, hey, we're getting screwed,
2: ah, they're screwed, you know, they're cheating. Not left an impression on you, I think.
3: Yes, <laughs> without, a <doubt.
2: laughs> without a doubt, without
3: a doubt, and um, <laughs> but, but yeah those are really kind of the good days and the thing is basketball which which ties into a lot of my kind of love of of branding and um it was just kind of a different era it was there was kind of the era uh, around the 90s the, the turn from the 80s to the 90s i was like eight years old and there was kind of this intersection of culture with all this kind of branding and 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 new distributors and magazine articles so if, then if you got the street and smiths basketball edition to preview the the next season then there were ads for starter and like starter jackets were a big deal and before that like triple fat goose jackets were like a big deal and even in even in high school like because people were getting killed for their jackets like my parents made a lot of weird kind of arbitrary decisions that I kind of understand more as I become a parent, but it was like, okay, so you can't get the Raiders because people were getting killed for like Raiders jackets. So basically what I had, when everyone had the pullover, I had the one that just said starter and it, and it was like teal and purple, but it just said starter, but it wasn't a team. Like, I I don't know like how they decided to split the baby on that one, but it was like like so through that time it it was a really kind of fun uh time period magic johnson tees were coming out around that time period too where like big graphic tees that like every every bit of the garment was basically and for for those who are a little bit younger basically the fresh prince of bel-air intro like those kind of colors that kind of aesthetic um and i'm sorry what was the question
2: Why are you this, a books fan? Which it's it. I think we're getting to the heart I'm of it, saying, though, we're for getting you. To like, the
3: crystallization of it all. But but it but it was all interesting. It, it was all it, it was just all um the culture. You're going to school in Wisconsin, and the NBA is the coolest sport, but like when football is going on, football is the coolest sport, and then mm-hmm. baseball comes around, and but you're just kind of fascinated by all these things. But I mentioned this kind of in, in one of the other videos or something else. There was very much a thing. When I was in elementary school, about how the Chicago markets were just dominant, the Chicago markets were dominant, and all the because you're because you're a kid, everything seems huge. The eighty five Bears were huge, and then the eighty six Giants. Wow, is that even bigger? And you know, and it's all all these kind of things took place. I'm an NBA fan because I love basketball. It's my favorite sport. It's the one I was good at, but also like I think what came later was all that kind of meme culture stuff about the Bucks? I love the Bucs unironically for mm-hmm. the first, for the first fifth. It wasn't like, oh, is it, we weren't the Cubs. I don't even know if Cubs fans knew that they were the Cubs, but it was just like every year, you, you didn't know any better, right? You didn't know any better. So so when the Bucs got Blue Edwards, I was like, I've seen him do a reverse dunk in a game before, or I saw him in the dunk contest. That that that's, And it's like, you thought he was Kobe, you know, before Kobe, but sure. like you thought he was, oh, wow, he's probably an all-star. And so kind of the information gap of what we had now, I think now if the Bucs get a player, there's immediately a bunch of people telling you, well, that's not going to work. But like I'm old, like I'm 42 years old. Like even going back, it's not like I gained any wisdom. When the Bucs got Monty Ellis, I'm like, yeah, you know, like I know he can <laughs> fill it up because that was like our mentality. You know, it's just like, hey, we got another guy. And you're like, Monte's cold, you know? And so that kind of became the mentality through all this kind of stuff. I don't know if, I don't know if we gained self-awareness maybe until the 24 and one shirt where I was like, mm. wait, are they making fun of it? And that was kind of a cool moment, but it's like, wait, are we the joke? And I was, you know, I was probably 33 when that happened or something like that. So I'm a bucks fan cause I was born into it, but I guess I enjoyed every moment of it. Like all the different versions. It's not like this new version is better than any of the other versions. It's something we were born into, but I don't know. I love the Bucks.
2: I think that's something interesting you hit on there because the 24 and one shirt is very early in the new ownership's tenure, and I think that divide, of course, it comes as a larger kind of societal the information age and what we now have at the internet, but also it feels like I was not locked in around for all of it, but that the Herb Cole era was, as you kind of would imagine the Herb Cole era. It's just, you know, it is very sincere. And we now talk of it as the eight our bus, but that's also fueled by, oh, you know, it doesn't matter who's on the roster. Every year we're going to go and we're going to, we'll get to the playoffs. And if we get there, then, you know, if you're in the playoffs, you have a chance, which is something very different to, I think how it's framed now, even from even when I started watching the NBA, it's like, as rare as like any kind of close series unknown upset between a one eight is, now it's almost kind of cast aside. You know, there's very rare circumstances where you see something else. So I, I think that's an interesting thing too, on in terms of maybe the lack of self-awareness or just just you're a books fan. Of course the books are going to be good every year until the moment where I guess you kind of painfully realize they're not. One of the questions you might my next question, you might have touched on the answer there. I was going to ask, what's your earliest books memory? So is it that watching that Celtics series?
3: Yes, yes. Um, probably more formative memories, and I don't remember if this was. It, it, no, it was totally actor because the eighty seven All Star Game. My dad would um, get on his knees and defend us on the mini hoop, and and so we try to dunk over him on the mini hoop upstairs at the house <laughs> on 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 twenty fifth Street. And so probably more formative is me watching the 87 and 88 all-star game, just as background on, on VHS, just, just running back, running back, running back. And so all those guys who randomly are in those games, uh, 88 was the one Jordan won. Um, but 87, I think is the Rolando Blackman. So, somebody had to make some, the free throws, the free the free throws, throws right? Yeah. yeah at, at the end of it, but just <laughs> kind of watching it. And again, the best way for people who are a little bit younger to understand this, and, and a lot of old heads who are more into baseball, because uh, talk about the All Star Game, this kind of way where the NL didn't play the AL, and so it was like just special to see, you know, Willie Mays and you know Hank Aaron or all these people on the you know mantle or all these guys on the same field. It was just like the end of Avengers End Game for us to see Magic and Bird. And of course, there's all these kind of cross racial things between like I didn't I didn't even know I was allowed to like the Celtics until I was like much, much older or, or, or until do the right thing or any of the kind of stuff, like all that stuff that kind of came up in those kind of movies. I, I was just that was just kind of an understanding, you know, and, and um although it was very much in the propaganda of the era, it was very much an understanding growing up that the magic and birth save basketball. That was very much a thing. And you kind of got more of that through the years because it was it wasn't just 85 it's 86 and 87 and as bird started to uh deteriorate a little bit more i think i probably had more of an appreciation for bird but it was very much like i mean it predated kind of east coast west coast uh rat beef but it was it was very much like celtics versus the lakers and it was both the east coast versus west coast thing but it was also kind of a white versus black thing and it was all this kind of stuff but like but to answer your question but see all that stuff is tied up in the culture way before you even understand what it is right mm-hmm. So who happens to be wearing what jersey in a Belle Biv DeVoe video in 1990 or what LL Cool J happens to be wearing on the cover of whatever album in 1988? Like, it, it just seeped through everything. And still, basically, I mean, you can still... Just about the coolest jacket I can imagine is still kind of that starter satin jacket with, like, the black lettering that, like, like people still sell vintage ones for $200. And, and so... Probably my earliest memory of basketball are those things, but the stuff was just intertwined throughout all of it, right? And and, and so I remember we, we visited the East Coast one time, and we visited East Coast right at the peak of uh, – we were in New York, but it was the peak of, of, of Randall Cunningham being like proto-Michael Vick. And like Randall Cunningham was the biggest thing in the world. So in my head, some kind of way, even though I did the video on the Cowboys and, and everything, in my head, the Eagles are still the coolest in that division just because that was the time where Randall Cunningham was like the biggest star in the world briefly, or at least it felt like it. And again, none of these are going to actually be the answer to this question. But yeah, th- those, are some, those are some early memories, I guess.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. The,
2: the question, the follow-up I have on that though for you because obviously you're quite young but this this is my interest in that time too is so you're you're becoming a books fan, you're starting to go to games, you're checking box scores, all of that. At tail end kind of back half of what's been a golden era and up until very recently was the last like true golden era not one or two year kind of spell where things just weren't terrible so were you aware of the book's place within within basketball culture not the culture at large because that's a different thing but were you aware of it at that time and did it feel very different to then what you got to kind of live through as you got a little bit older and you continued to follow this team. Like, did you have enough awareness in the 80s of the perception of the books to then know that when the drought that followed comes along, just how different it was?
3: I think that's why people of my generation Frank Madden talks about a lot of people talks about the investment that we had in Big Dog I think that was the time we started to become self aware of this new era of stars like a couple of the guys washed out for whatever reason right before the early 90s so Danny Manning kind of washed out um Derek Coleman was really good for a couple of years but Derek Coleman didn't really pit but like you start <clears throat> from 92 Shaq 92 Shaq 90 Shaq with LSU was such a big deal so it's like it's like Shaq then it's Weber, then it's Big Dog and it's you know and obviously the Big Dog draft now becomes remembered as the Grant hill draft and all these kind of things but even like jamal mashburn i remember when big dog would have a bad game like mashburn went maybe four the year before and people were like is he really better than jamal mashburn there's all these talks but it became this idea with Shaq and blue chips and all of the kind and penny after that and the phenomenon that came out of these early 90 players and and i feel like even the videos that you get on these guys i, I really think a lot of it did start with shaquille o'neal though I, I feel like that's probably a turning page because that's the very start of the nineties. And it's this whole other thing with Jordan still with Jordan still up here and playing. And so that, that became the guys who were next, the crop of the guys who were next, because I, I only really understood that Milwaukee or the Packers or the Brewers were lesser in context to the Jordan bulls or to whatever other, other teams have. Like I, because if not, I feel like if we were talking about any other market, I don't, I don't, I could be wrong. I don't feel like Kings fans or Blazers fans or well, the Blazers are good in the nineties, but anybody in that time period, who was like a 35 to 45 win team. I don't know that there was this great feel like, like you mentioned the eight seater bus thing. I don't feel like that was in the consciousness it, as much. And I think it's just been crystallized for us over the last 20 years. Like, okay, you need a top three player, or this is going to be a one out of eight every eighth year, you know, the 0-4 Pistons kind of bubbles to the top or whatever else. But no, I never felt lesser until much, 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 much later. And and into teams, to the Steven Jackson, Richard Jefferson, later Larry Sand. Once people kind of, that that kind of run of like, whatever happened with Larry Sanders and all this kind of stuff. And that's also when you guys, and before you guys, the Bucks guys, and I mean, I had never heard eight seed or bust Before that was the tagline, I think, on Basketball, but maybe it was Bruhoo. But there was just kind of this this internet culture thing where it was like it became a memeable other kind of thing that we were lovable losers. It was not in my mind at any point because it was pretty obvious. And again, when you're young, I I think the culture, the 90s cultures was, was way more masculinity and muscles and dunks and that kind of thing. So if you had a guy who was dunk, like if you had like the next superstar guy, I think we were far more tied into the, uh, David Stern personality era than we ever thought. Like it wasn't really about winning a title as much.
2: I don't know. You might even have a feeling on that, Jordan, in terms of, I guess, the meme idea again of the team or the, the self-awareness. Maybe, maybe part of that is it's just something that happens when the run goes on as long as it was going on without finding a winner. Maybe at some point you've got to laugh to stop yourself from crying is kind of the way it goes. I think though, and very much tied to that kind of timing too, um, in terms of when we started and when kind of the likes of Books Ball and a lot of what was up like brew Brewhoop really kinda of bring up the books internet culture. The the books fans with the bags on their head, I think that's a that is one as just an image, it sticks out. But I think that's a key turning point in terms of the fandom tackling that head on and then doing it in a way that you can kind of laugh at while also, I don't know, Jordan, do you have any, any thoughts on that or on that kind of time or the progression of that? I think it's just
1: <clears throat> the fact that it, it prolonged for such a long time. Like you mentioned the bags over the heads, like that's like the 40th anniversary season, which is 2008. <laughs> that's not even the when It gets, it gets really bad. You know what I mean? Like, it gets way worse from there. Like, if that's what's so crazy is that, like, you know, we're fans of the team, but they're the ultimate fan. Like Herb Cole, like God bless his heart, he kept the team in Milwaukee. But it's like Ben said, where it's like you look up YouTube highlights or what the equivalent would be of YouTube highlights now, um, and you just see like Blue Edwards or like the guy that's like kind of like these. Dale Ellis, like before that, or like these, you know, these very productive NBA players that played for a long time, but they just, they aren't what they were billed as when they came here. Richard Jefferson's like another example of like these like flash in the pan, like they don't want to be in Milwaukee. But that's
2: the whole, that's the whole devolution too. Like, that's literally, you're describing Gary Payton too, when, when Ray Allen gets traded. yes, It's like, that was just the, the path that the franchise went on, which it's like, it's not necessarily that the, the guys who came in in that era were terrible players. And maybe but, that is part of too, why there is always still some feeling of like, not knowing just how bad the team could be until it was that way. It's just, they were never the version of the player they were, or that you thought they might've been, it seemed like before they got to Milwaukee. When they got there, it might have been they didn't want to be there. Or in the case of someone like Dale Ellis, well, he gets there kind of heading into the back half of his career. He's not quite the player he was. And that is definitely a pattern that repeats itself throughout the 90s and into the mid-2000s. Yeah,
1: it's like trying to find hope at anything that they could. And it just, like, constantly reshuffling. It was the same thing with, like, reading a lot of the history stuff. And you would speak – more of this Ben but like how Herb Cole like talked about coaches and just like the importance of a coach and obviously because you know yeah the first few years he has Don Nelson and then it ends terribly and he's just trying to find the savior and it leads to someone like George Carl who by all means was successful in Milwaukee granted most of it was just like in one year that you know everything came together but like it's just funny how like it was always just this constant like search for hope that you know, whether as a player or coach, or just like letting the chips or hoping that this is the year that everything comes together, not unlike this year, funnily enough, where it's like, oh, all you need is get to playoffs and we'll see how it goes. But it's like when you have the pieces together and everything like that's there, it's in easier to believe it in that case. Though. Exactly. Yes.
3: Exactly. Yeah. There's there's a real case to be made too about the oversaturation of media because there were gossip columns in the paper. I think we all rightfully. Look, I just can't defend on any level Max Kellerman on Christmas Day talking about how Giannis should leave. I mean, ESPN got so off the chain that they couldn't even see where the mooring post was. But I don't want to be a hypocrite. Like, trades are sexy and interesting, but they're supposed to be kind of whispered, right? So somewhere in 2024, there's a kid in a different market who saw Drew Holiday in the finals and is like, Wait, Drew Holiday is awesome. My team just just traded for him. And that's how I felt with Gary Payton. Like when mm-hmm. Gary Payton was on, Gary Payton looked like the top three player. When Gary oh, Payton, yeah. much like Drew Holiday, Gary Payton, I was a fan of his shoes. I, obviously, you know, him, him and Sean Kemp. But Gary Payton, when Gary Payton was on, there were a whole series where he made John Stockton look like a bum. Like when he was, and obviously when they allowed him to be handsy, he was just such a disruptive player when he was on and he was a better passer than he he got credit for yada, yada, yada. But so let's just be real. A a lot of people have 'er narrativized the the Ray Allen thing. I loved Ray Allen. I was more a Glenn Robinson fan, but I delivered the newspaper that morning and saw that Ray Allen, or maybe it was like a a three o'clock trade and maybe I already knew, but I, 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 took it out and, and found out that he had been traded or got more details on the trade Cause you actually would have to open the paper to get more details. I had an open mind about it. And so actually, if you want to talk about turning points, like the turning point was that Gary Payton left us at the altar that it was like, Oh, okay. So we were actually this disposable team for him. And Gary Payton was also basically done, but, it was like, okay, we're going to run Peyton next to Cassell. Okay, uh, l- let's give that a chance. Yeah. I-, I had an open mind but I was disappointed. And even when Ray left, and I-, I think that next year with the Sonics, Ray got like a Slam Magazine cover article and it talked about, and then like Ray Allen became like 27 points a game, Ray Allen. And, and it was all this talk about how he was mentoring the new Sonics, and he was even taking them to get pedicures and stuff like that as part of their personal develop. Like he was, show- you know. And now we understand that Ray Allen might be a little OCD, but it was like he was showing them how to put their shoes on and, and do everything. And 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 then, but I'm just being honest. I wasn't ready to see him go, but it was a sexy trade, and I love Gary Payton, and I was ready to see how it went.
2: But so isn't I- isn't that the thing? Isn't that even why to this day? some some jerk like me comes along in retrospect and tries to look at it with cold eyes but the thing that i do see there and knowing the patterns of the books and knowing herb cole is the thing with that trade is that is a trade that when that was put on herb cole's desk he could have been like yeah gary payton you know we're we're still gonna make the playoffs we're still gonna be good where no one really as we
1: learned the other day yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: let's not revisit that (laughs) It came up in Jeopardy. Of course it came up in Jeopardy. But he's the kind of player that fit that perfectly. But no one, you know, took a second to consider, like, does he want to play here? Is there any chance? Which there wasn't. And it was like Peyton was very quickly on record with that. Where Ray Allen, you know, yeah, he liked life in Milwaukee and he could have stayed a long time. But look, we're getting down. Uh, This is why I'm excited about this episode, about all these episodes, because I feel like we're going to kind of, in snapshots, relitigate a lot of just moments of recent books history. Um, who's your first favorite, your first kind of books favorite? What player I, I know from personal experience, you have a very strong affinity for big dog. You wrote a, a Glenn Robinson article that we guest posted on behind the book pass, a great article that people can go and seek out. It's still there many years ago. And I was delighted to have that there. So is he the the player that you think of just in terms of like really deep attachment or was there someone that preceded him that you had that same kind of level of affinity towards?
3: I think it's probably Big Dog, to be honest. I There was whatever season, because that's the thing too, the games were on the radio. You couldn't get all the games on mm-hmm. TV all the time. So it was, a lot of it was like listening to the kind of um even the Jay humphreys kind of bucks like that kind of era that that kind of era of dudes you know and um and honestly actually (laughs) one of my earliest bucks memories is probably my dad um moralistically, I'd be making up the words if I remember, but but being like John Lucas was on drugs, don't take drugs or something like that. You know, whatever that was, like that kind of thing, too, like around that time period, like, oh, like, like, oh, he's a redemption story. But like, hey, there was this other kind of thing. Right. Um, My dad also had, I think. What's funny is I'm never going to answer any of these questions. I'm just going to start.
2: I know it's incredible.
3: I'm going to start
1: thinking. I I'm admire sorry. it.
2: Have you considered a career in politics? I mean, it's very impressive. <laughs> I've
1: been listen, doing this for six years. Listen. <laughs> listen.
3: <laughs> Look, if you're asking me, Adam, if you're asking me if thetoniaworld.com is 10% right off right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer you. I, I'm going to just say, honestly, it is. I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, no, you know, what's funny, like the, the way the old heads talk. I, I thought, did you find it weird that when we were pumping up Marcus, that that the the videos that they put out for Marcus were kind of disrespectful toward Dr. J in a way that seemed kind of personal <laughs> or linear. All these people are like, are <laughs> like, screw Dr. J, Marcus Johnson. Uh, saying all this to say, um, my dad had some um, fading resentment toward Marcus that, that I understand only in retrospect, but just like, oh, it's another guy who left and did this or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, n- none of this rises to the level of anger, but just like a bah, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, it's big dog though. It's big dog. And big dog was my Brett Favre in which the passion pain matrix is the diagram of that just cemented the marriage, cemented the marriage. I couldn't believe no one who no one who watched him in college or watched two games of him in college or watched him in the tournament was prepared for the holdout and but even going to the preseason, like seriously, people just walk up and stole the ball from him for a while. And the first couple of years, it was just It was shocking how easy it was to take the ball from him, and we were so again. So we were just so happy when he'd have 18 points those first couple of years. But then you'd be like, "Oh wait, he had 27 points. I'm back in." But the the silent. There was so much, and this is actually, um, I may have told this story somewhere else, but like the the, um, Bucks, the Bucks were playing the Pistons. Let's say let's say in March that year or whatever that was, and I called the radio station and said, "This is the most important game in the last ten years in Bucks history because if we lose to the Pistons, uh, we're going to have a, a better chance of, of of having a higher draft pick or whatever that was." And So the early nineties became this kind of Bucks draft night kind of culture kind of thing. Like the, the, the draft lottery party night, you know, cresting with the Marbury Ray Allen night. But I I think I could talk about another guys, but just to try to answer your question. Remember I said, I wasn't going to go along on all these answers. Uh, It's big dog. Glenn Glenn was the one. Glenn was the one for me. Desmond Mason and all these other guys that came after Darvin ham, all these other kind of dunker guys or guys you like, but it's for me just the age and just like outside of Oakland heroes, there was a warehouse shoes or a locker or whatever that was. And they had like the big Glenn Robinson mural, uh, the Reebok, like he got his own shoe and my brother bought the shoe and all this kind of stuff. Like we just needed Glenn Robinson to be a thing so bad. And once again, this goes back to our uh, inferiority complex with, with other markets. Then once Grant Hill became a star like Grant Hill, like Tupac on whatever album is wearing the Grant Hills, on the album cover and Tupac and, and Grant Hill's dating uh, Tamiya and all this kind of stuff. And Grant Hill became this, this elevated guy, like this celebrity guy. And then Jason Kidd, And it was just, we were just, we needed Glenn Robinson to be good. So bad. I was so mad those couple of years before he became an all-star 99, 98, where it seemed like he should have been an all-star. It, it's Glenn, the answer is Glenn Robinson. I'll shut up. Well, there's or, like no there,
1: I guess, Before Jabari, right? Like I was gonna bring it up
2: because it's it's the
1: bonafide blue chip guy that like there isn't anyone that matches that level. I guess Bogut, you know, he was successful in college, but it's it's different when it's a center versus a guy like Glenn Robinson who could score as well as he did and have one of the best college seasons ever. That's the other thing.
2: Well, people may not have been around for it or may forget about it now, but before, before Ben kind of focused on another player on Twitter quite a lot, Jabari was your guy and we talked about it at the time, I think you actually wrote about it in that article, it was like there was some shared DNA there with Big Dog in terms of midwestern guy blue chip prospect um, and they're also just kind of both really interesting personalities in their own way like you mentioned the holdout, I don't know if people listening, like there might be some younger people who don't know that Glenn Robinson was holding out for a 10 year, 100 million dollar contract after the books took him I think it was, he got a 10 year deal. It was was It was like 63 million?
1: or something. 60, something in something,
2: something mid 60s. But like now, even just that sounds incredible. Like it's the kind of detail someone's holding out for a 10 year deal. Um, but that was something too. But I'm interested. Obviously, there's similarities between those two players, but there's also they're the real hopes coming off of a down spell too. I mean, I know Vin Baker was there before Van Robinson. So that's slightly different. Although the team hadn't really got to read the rewards of that, but do you think there is something that too, that you it's the, it's the shiny new thing. And it's also, it's the player that kind of promises. Well, we've been waiting and all of those kind of year to year, the draft night kind of effects. And then just how much that mattered. Is it, this is the chance for that to pay off is that part of it too beyond the personal
3: are you guys concerned with how many duke players we have on the roster right now like like i i i duke basketball doesn't mean what it used to mean but i was like okay simi simi went to duke hood went to duke uh grayson went grayson, to duke yeah I remember, I remember at one point
2: very the, Duke summer for the books.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I remember d- d- the Bucks picked up like Ala Abdinabi at one point. Um, <laughs> he, I forget if he had a cup of coffee or if he made it through camp. <sighs> to answer your question,
2: <laughs> are you ready going to answer it? <laughs> no. <laughs> We'll keep moving. You know, what? we'll keep moving. We'll see. We'll I, see where, where bad on stake is next. Go on.
3: Jabari, Jabari Jabari was just the Jabari was the idea. Jabari even now. Here's the thing, though. It's interesting. So I, I will tell you. You guys will hate this if you listen. Um, I, I've been I've been kind of busy because I I'm I'm thinking about making a video again, or I'm and, and kind of the framework. So I, I've kind of disregarded the pod. I really wanted to do a Jason Kidd deep dive a little bit and and, and talk about all of this, you know, mm. all the, um, all this Giannis baby name uh, intrigue and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, <laughs> th- th- there's a lot to unpack there. Um,
2: I feel but- like there's another kind of couple of shoes to drop too. I don't know if it's the worst thing not coming in on that one right now because I feel like that story's going to have legs this season
3: well okay so it becomes the whiplash thing of it right i i, I would not not to give away my take mm. let's just all agree never to talk about jason Kidd again but did he help Giannis a little bit probably can we all agree to not admit to it yes did he <laughs> did he did he maybe knock Jabari and Larry Sanders out of the- But that becomes kind of the thing because it's not like Jabari or Larry Sanders fl- flourished anywhere else. Uh, this also but, not a... Yeah,
2: it's like, yeah, it's because, you know, you didn't just, you broke them for good, you know? Yeah. I, I, we're not doing this, though. This is not... But, the- but, but he made not- a
3: diamond. But he made a diamond. And again, I, I don't... He was such a moron, though. And that's because the thing his his in-game decisions were so baffling.
2: It, 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 it only it,
3: got worse that last year.
1: Like, it was- that was... It was it like, was like it, he was writing a symphony of just like terrible decisions.
3: He was actively betting on the other team, is what it seemed like in some of these games. Just inexplicable decisions. Um, yes, uh, I just like Jabari. I, I I feel like the the best version of him was really fun and interesting. It was it was the most exciting thing in the world to have his steal and know that. Giannis is on one side Jabari's on the other side this is going to be a dunk there is no world in which this isn't a dunk there's no question like and we have other people kind of running the break now and it's kind of feast or famine and but that was a really fun era for me but again same kind of thing it's pleasure versus pain like I was uh I think we were at Disneyland when he no we were at Disneyland right before he busted his knee I forget all the times he busted his knee one of them I was at the game
2: I was about um, to say, let's not yeah. gloss over the important details here.
3: Adam, I was at Bucks-Hawks game
2: six. So whatever jinx you talk about. That. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. I've been at one game. They won. It did cause Kendall Marshall his career. <laughs> That's not my fault. So I'm sorry, Kendall. Um, but the, the interesting thing, I think, too, just with Jabari, if we move on again, the thing that I remember with that, and do you remember there was a story about, like, he was in his cars, and he was just talking to, to people in the neighborhood, and he's like, oh, yeah. There's there's all of these details with Jabari. Jabari, the thing that was made him all the more appealing is he came in as the guy who knew was going to embrace and love Milwaukee. And if he hit, and he hit big, yeah, he was going to stay, and he could stay a long time. And all of that time, without even knowing what Giannis would become, you just it's not the player that you feel like you have the same security with. It's amazing to see the way Giannis has embraced everything Milwaukee now to the point where obviously he's got his his stake in the Brewers, but it is interesting. Jabari was ready to be that guy too. And then when it comes to, well, Giannis is like top three player in the league. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be a free agent. We go through that whole cycle. It's like, yeah, there's every reason to think and to take his word, but There wasn't that feeling of knowing, which I think from the moment Jabari got drafted, you're like, okay, he's a Midwest guy. He really has kind of that's the thing there that I think is forgotten in time where people are just like, you know, sneering at Jabari and the player that he became later on post injuries, all that sort of stuff. But it's another kind of interesting. It's one of the more interesting what ifs really of recent books history, just how all of that changes if he doesn't get injured Um, not even in saying what does he become, but just what it does to the overall dynamics of the team, what it means for Giannis, what it means for Chris, all that stuff.
3: Because, and, and the thing with that too, is because there is a great infrastructure, like it's a job, right? It's a job. There, There's a a humongous middle class filled with veterans and guys telling you about this and guys telling you, Just being honest, hey, don't get her pregnant. Guy's telling you about the marriage. Do you want to marry? Do you want to do this? Do you want to put your money there? There's a huge middle... It's a job for everyone. There's the guys on the bottom. There's the Malcolm Brogdon guys who have made a million and a half and need to secure the next bag. And then there's these top guys. There's these Highlander guys who are fighting history and fighting each other and fighting this higher level of combat for championships and money and MVPs and all this other kind of stuff. But it's a job, and Jabari with the professional basketball father, like the professional basketball fathers go a lot of different directions. I mean, there's obviously there's the Steph and clay kind of guys. And I always felt in that time period. It, at a certain point, like I look, I think he was a bad defender. I'm not defending him being a terrible defender and all this kind of stuff, but there's a very much an infrastructure, which you understand of, Hey dude, don't get hurt. Hey, defense. And he started because he's so dumb. He started saying this stuff out loud and it just drove me nuts. It broke all our hearts, but he's just like, Hey, they didn't pay me for like, that's the kind of thing a veteran says to you in the locker room. That's the kind of thing. Steven Jackson Mm -hmm. says to you in the locker room, but you don't You don't repeat it. You know what I mean? But, and, and when you read a bunch of NBA books, like I have, or a bunch of like all those guys say the same kind of stuff. They were all, you know, Horace Grant was saying that kind of same stuff to Bill Cartwright in in, in the locker room. They're like, Hey, if you want a long career, do X and Y. If you don't, just just have fun. And so it's it's sad, but it didn't work out. And I think, look, I was wrong about that. I was wrong about Jabari Parker. That's the one time I've been wrong. That's the only time I've been wrong. I, I, was, I was wrong. We'll get, we'll get to some stuff later. I don't know.
2: Um, okay. Before the championship, I think this is an interesting question. I'm curious to see what your answer is, what other people's is, because there's, there's not necessarily an obvious answer necessarily. What was your favorite books moment in your life? Before this past playoff run.
3: I feel like I'm going to be judged for whatever I say here.
2: Sure. Everyone will. So you're, you're going first. You're first into this, but others will follow. So it's okay.
3: Expectations versus reality, which is what this last year has been. I think you have to say the comeback against the Hornets in game seven at the Bradley center, the big dog shot Ray Allen playing incredible. I think they came back in that game. I feel like it's Bob Costas on the call. The Bradley seminar has never yep. looked louder. It is Bob
2: Costas. Yeah.
3: And, and yeah, cause he's, he's with the shot he, cause Glenn hits the shot and he's like with that shot, that may be enough momentum to send them to the ECF or whatever. And it was something like that. Uh, that's the first one I remembered. So by that process, I'm going to actually answer this question and lock it in and say game seven, 2001 against the Hornets, the Hornets of what, uh, Baron Davis and. Mashburn. Mashburn. Yeah.
2: Mashburn is there.
3: Who was the dunker guy? Was it Eddie Robinson or it's something Robinson. They had another guy who was like a long, skinnier, Tim Thomas looking kind of, they had another dunker guy who looked really good when he was good. But yeah, that, 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 that Hornets team where the Bucks, and again, the Bucks went up 2 0 and lost three straight and then won the next two, I believe. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say that. that's my answer.
2: That's, I, I don't think there needs to be like any, you don't think you need to worry about judgment for that. I think that's a good answer because, particularly coming from where they were, I mean, um, getting the Bucks getting past, I'm trying to think what a more recent equivalent of that would be for for younger fans. Celtics in six in the second round, maybe something something like that. Or five, I should say, not six. Um Jordan, any I mean that one
1: was just so definitive though. It's actually it, it
2: might be closer to some of the losses. It might be closer I... to the losing to the Celtics. Well or, or even like Raptors. It's Yeah. Yeah. There's there's yeah, no there's not... no There's no exact comparison, but that's a, yeah, that is an an obvious good memory. And after a pretty rough time too. And at the point where things are for the briefest of moments about to get really, really good. Um, This is a little bit, you know, this might set, I don't know if you can avoid answering this because this is set up to be a little bit deeper, to be a little bit rambling and to really tap inside you as a books fan. Do you think there's anything special or unique about being a Bucs fan? I know every, every fan of every team likes to think there's something special. But when you think of the journey in this 50-year wait, the Bucs are one of the older franchises in the NBA. They aren't, as you mentioned, like the Raptors come along, and it, of course it means a lot, but they are a new franchise. So there, there isn't the same weight. I was going to say wealth, but weight actually applies too, of history, of expectation, of disappointment, of waiting. So when you think about being a books fan, do you think there is something special to it? Or is it just like the kind of thing we all like to tell ourselves?
3: I don't think it's completely unique, but I think the small market thing for me, It simply matters, and that's why we had such a uh, kinship with kind of the O2 Kings. I'm really starting to get a little bit sensitive to the kind of Lillard gate. So there's these two paradigms now. There's the old LeBron clutch paradigm, and but also Dame Lillard can't win with the Blazers currently, but... So now like, I'm so offended by like just all the articles and maybe it's just that they happen to be kind of shared around my, my timeline or whatever else, but there's just kind of all these questions and all these dumb quotes and, Oh, it wasn't about the coach or it was about this or whatever else. And there's just kind of this, look, everybody's got to eat, but there's this kind of media infrastructure to destroying a beautiful thing that a player has with a market. Now, look again, it's a, it's a business. So to answer your question, Nobody wore my team's jersey as a bandwagon fan my entire life, right? One, some of the jerseys weren't that great, whatever else, but <laughs> like, 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 it wasn't a thing, right? It wasn't a thing. There was no one like, like the, the nuclear, uh, 25 points a game Michael Red jersey. Michael Red was a thing. They were trying, they were actively trying to get him to the Cavs, but it wasn't like, no one did that, right? No one did that. And, and so once, I just think it's a really special thing to follow a team. Look, look, everyone loves, it's not just Americans love an underdog. Everybody loves an underdog. And the delineation between what makes an underdog in the NBA is just so strong because all these guys, I think we take this for granted, all these guys are like really, really good at playing basketball. But either you're just a mutant like Giannis or there's just always some guy. Or there's this other guy who we appreciate, like Duncan, who's like just so fundamental. It's like, wow, he can battle the mutants, and it becomes like this, you know, this this kind of Hector versus whoever, this Hector versus Brad Pitt kind of thing. You know, it's like, okay, we got these two titans. What are they gonna do? You know, whatever his character's name. And I think it's personally special to me the kind of idea that Giannis planted his flag and man like he could have done half of the stuff he did and it would have still been really special like he didn't have to actually join the brewers and all this other kind of stuff mm-hmm. like he's just spiking the football now like mm-hmm. but like he he was like i planted my flag here it, it doesn't matter why would i have been just as happy in miami and all this other kind of stuff yeah great but i've decided that this is my it's the most beautiful thing like he he said no this is my journey you know what? I can see my journey in front of me. This is my journey. I can see my path and I'm, I'm running with it. And it's the most special kind of thing in the world. And I actually really hope that the Portland's and the Sacramento's and all these other kind of teams, like, I, I mean, look, we feel bad for New Orleans for a lot of reasons lately, but it, it's really cool when the guy comes, stays and overcomes all kinds of expectations. And you can argue that, look, just because it's a smaller market, it doesn't matter. But winning in the NBA is something that's just really hard to do. Like the Knicks have been garbage forever. Like the Bulls can, have really mostly been garbage for a long time. It's not really about the markets, and I just think the underdog story of the Bucks is something that is rightfully being celebrated right now. And so all of those guys who went along for this—that's kind of why, dude. Seriously. The Bobby Portis thing is so beautiful right now. I almost wanted him to go so it just would never be ruined, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like all of this kind of stuff because I don't actually know. Like I think he's pretty good, but I don't know how actually good he is. But
2: it's it, it again. It's, it's cinematic. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. sustainable at the level it was, which is the point. No matter what, yes. it's going to come down slightly. But it's cinematic,
3: right? It's cin- and, and again sure. that's why that's why I kind of want to make a video about this because it's it's just they're all they're it's locked in, man. It's locked in. I think PJ Tucker is going to be awful this year. It's it's locked in, <laughs> right? It, it's it's locked in, right? And we talked about this offline. Uh, one of us, him, like randomly, hit him getting in Durant's face. I don't care what the numbers say, and I know Durant scored on him seemingly every time, but it was body blows, right? Again, it's yeah. like a Rocky movie. Yeah, he laid he down, down his body. Overtime. Yes, it, yeah. we were ready to quit. And, and PJ Tucker was like, all right, so we're going to, we're going to flip this and we're just going to change the, the feel of the room right now. And I'm going to start a fight with Kevin Durant, who. And his bodyguard. Right. And, his body, <laughs> and this random dude. Remember how how big a story that is. And, <laughs> and so I did not answer your question, but I think this is special. And I think if another market got this, which is why I, I think the 2002 Kings deserved it. I think a lot of these other teams where you're just like, again, the Kings, a, a perfect example, like, a, Wow, Sayakovic for a minute looked like Larry Bird and, and like Weber and they're doing all these back cuts and all this kind of stuff. And it was beautiful basketball uh, before the Spurs and all this. And it was just like, so in the NBA, to answer your question somewhat, when lightning, when lightning gets caught in a bottle with a small market team and a likable group of guys and they become more than the sum of their parts, I think that's special. So I'll say that
2: yeah, I think there's nothing better. it's yeah. it's really healthy for the league if they could get it once a year, like that's that's where the super team isn't a problem. If every year you could have it that you've got the super team of the day and they're going up against the small market that has risen organically, like that's great. For a narrative, that's great. That's ideal in terms of storytelling that gives you your hero. that gives you your villain. It just doesn't seem to happen often enough. even. You know what? The Suns were kind of an example this year of another franchise that's been true. They've had some good teams. They haven't got there. Um, not the smallest of markets, but in an NBA sense, they have to operate like a small market, really. Um, so now I'll I'll take that as close enough to an answer. We're getting we're getting more and more of an answer we're Getting more one. answers? Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm happy with how it's progressing. We're wearing you down over time. Um I think we might just get an answer on this one. I I don't think you have any way to dodge this because you already tipped your hat to the fact that you were at the game when the Bucks clinched their their spot in the finals for the first time since 1974. So I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite moment of the championship postseason run? That's the leading question. But if you have a different answer, that's fine. But I would think actually being there in enemy territory... That must be pretty cool.
3: Atlanta was so great, man. Atlanta was so great. Uh, I saw Andrew, aka Jordan Snyder, um, at the game. <laughs> we we tipped up a couple. Which
2: um, I don't know if you know, Jordan is actually his brother's name too.
3: It's it's my brother's name too. Wow. Yeah. So you've got lots so of reasons. To, we yeah. we, have, we have Jordan on the brain. Yeah, it's um yeah because he's been he's 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 been on that pot. Um, his brother. That was really great. That was really great. And it was special for me because my son is is not like the complete zag. Like this kid is such he's such a rebel, man. He's such a rebel. Like he, he he they don't like Star Wars, they like Jurassic Park, right? And he doesn't like sports, he likes video games. He likes sports. Well I don't like sports. I like to play sports. I don't I don't see why I should be watching sports and all this kind of stuff. But the thing about a kid is my son's 10. If you take a child to a place where they can make as much noise as they want. And it's encouraged after a (laughs) while, it just kind of wears them down. And I told this story somewhere else, but he, he just started getting so loud. And I'm like, I'd be really annoyed by this kid if I'm anyone else and I was like, all right, settle down a little bit, son. Cause they're "because like, 'cause they're like, defense, and he's like, ah, offense, ah, offense. And he's doing it like every play. And it's really shrill and annoying. And but it was wonderful. It was just a great, it was just a great time. And this was not if you go to a Suns game in Phoenix, it's like 70, 30 bucks. Like it's it's a really strong and you'll mm-hmm. you'll go down the hallway. Like it some some years it was more. You know, and like, you'd see, like, I remember I saw James Jones of the Packers in the hallway one year, like there'd be Milwaukee people just there, like whoever happened to be there. And this was not that it I'm sure there must've been more. It felt like there were 12 bucks fans there. Like it was, it was all Atlanta. It was all business. I hate that. I didn't get this on. It was just so cool, man. That was such a great time. They had like the marching, like the marching band going through the concourse and just playing. Uh, I, I, I thought. Look, we tend to overrate everything just because of obviously because of COVID. So we're all doing so much less stuff and everything. But like, to me, that was I had great seats. It was a great game. Um, And we just closed them out. Even with that, like, I think it'll be kind of lost to history. Like Atlanta came back from like 26 down and kind of made Mm -hmm. a game or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. 24, 22 and made a game of it. That was really cool. That, that was really cool. And I think we can all agree that uh, Drew Holiday was the hero of that game with that kind of layup at the end of it. Uh, I'm joking. You gonna you let me say that. Uh, so, yeah, I I'm saw, gonna I saw get,
2: the- I'm going to get to some stuff at the end. I'll let you, like, lay some breadcrumbs, and then you're going to have to come, and there's going to be a full slice of bread for you to confront. I, I
3: just I, – I was – I was so proud of Chris. I was so, and really, I think I motivated Chris by being in the building. Like I, I, I think, like I, I caught sight of him. I caught sight of him, like, like, like Miyagi, and I kind of gave him a look, and I was like, "This is the time. This is the time." No, that. So yeah, I, I think it has to. It has to be game, game six. Um, shout out to my wife for, uh, being like, "Hey, dummy, spend the money and go." And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a great night.
2: No, that's that's very cool. I know even that's a discussion. I remember Jordan, you have me when you were um I, I actually think we were having it kind of on the podcast. I think your girl Yeah, it was that <laughs> you muted the call. We were literally live on a podcast, a post game podcast, when Jordan was deciding whether he was gonna spend the money to go to a finals game. And yeah, it's the same thing where it's just like who knows and this will happen again, you know? Um yeah. If if the the amount of money was not more than potentially I had at the time, I may have done something similar and got on a plane and be like, okay, where do I need to go? Um, but no, that that's what I thought your favorite moment would be, and I can understand hey, it.
3: Is is anybody is anybody considering? I don't know if it's bang for your buck worth it. Is anybody thinking about going back for the ring ceremony or any of that kind of stuff? Because I was trying to think if it'd be actually worth it. Like the money's not me driving twelve hours up, but I just have to imagine that'd be a pretty hot ticket
2: yeah oh, that's no. that's the thing with that i i thought about it i've circled it i actually said it on podcasts mm. uh in hindsight i think it is very unrealistic one because i forgot how soon this season started and two because yeah that's a that's a hot ticket uh, well, okay but, but, but
3: obviously look, look you guys are way too humble and you know this bothers me about you all you would have had to do is start a GoFundMe like certain no other people did, and be like, "Hey, no. come on!" And I would have, hey, you know, my buddy Adam McGee, man, and, no you know, way. can we get him? Can we get him? You know, like no we could have made it. <laughs> no, that's not, not, that's I would have been not
2: good. even humble, though. That's just not for me. That's not. That's no, not... no,
3: hey, man, come on. He's been there since the beginning, man. We can get a big thing going together. No, I think. Let's it's move important. on to next question.
2: <laughs> Who's your favorite player now? <laughs> Uh, on the Bucks, yeah. Who's your favorite player now? Is it is it a simple as I think it probably is for most people that it's Giannis, or is there someone else? Further, or, or you know, what am I saying? Giannis, is it really? Is this the moment where after all these years you're just going to come out and say it that really it's Chris? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> you're like a little kid pulling his hair in the playground. You know, it's just be it's all along. You're just trying to get his attention. He caught his eye at the Atlanta game. He uh, goes. He helps them win a championship. And here we are. Is that it?
3: Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> you know how when you're trying to think what the funniest joke is going <laughs> <laughs> like, to be, Jordan
2: knows all about this.
3: Yes. Do do? <laughs> um, my favorite player is is Giannis. Uh, I'm in love with Drew Holiday, though. But but I was a point guard too. Um, and I was a, kind of a defensive point guard. Uh, the, yeah, I'm going to answer your question. I, I, I think right. it's Drew Holiday. I, I think the Bobby stuff is really special, but
2: I already said that. Okay, Drew, I like it. What did it mean to you? We've, we've built up to this. I think we've got at it, but it happens. That moment, game six, we want to take it to, you know, final buzzer goes... I think at the time the camera's following Yanis as he's kind of rushing off looking for his own family. I think more than that, even looking for a quiet place, which just did not exist, yeah. to try and have half a moment to himself to take it in. So I don't know if you want to go to that moment for you, uh, what that was like, what was going through your uh, mind, or just even zoom out to just what, what does it mean even now to think back to that moment? I, I
3: can't
2: wait until you see this video.
3: Man, I, I can't wait because um, in my head, it's great. I, I'll give one spoiler. I'll give one spoiler now. Um I think there's a marvelous transition in my head from jalen rose being on bill simmons in 2014 and saying it's only a matter of time before this team is in seattle and jalen rose in the deer district yelling bucks and six and cupping his ear <laughs> cupping his hand to his ear like hulk hogan and, and and kind of doing it like well tell me what you think because you know how you watch a movie i mean this is not i'm not actually describing the jaws thing I kind of emotionally with this video and I'm not really sure if it's going to be a half hour. So I have, a, I have a bunch of things. Can I, can I do two minutes on this?
2: Yeah, yeah. sure.
3: I'll, I'll, I'll ask.
2: We were going to let you at the end to talk about this stuff anyway. So I have no problem. We're, okay, I'll, we're I'll, big fans. I have, I have featured on one of your is that your actually your most recent video. Uh, so I have no problem. I'm, you know, part of the extended Teutonia world family here. So I have no problem with this.
3: That, that was really cool of you to do that. Um, I thought that turned out great, man. I thought that turned out pretty good. Like for for the, for the time that we had to kind of mess around with that. Um, the greatest thing about creating anything. And the worst thing is that it's always better in your head. And then after you put it out, you're like, ah, I should have changed this, mm-hmm. this, this, or that. I wish the audio popped a little bit harder here. I wish, oh, you know, it would have actually been better. Why didn't, you know, why didn't I put this thing? But yeah, that, that one turned out really great. And thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. And you are obviously, you know, you're far too humble about this. You were absolutely the voice. For that and i thought we're doing, I thought we're that...
2: doing this again Um <laughs> come on let's get we well, had two minutes you were gonna do on the
3: <laughs> wait are you made uncomfortable by compliments because that's like really good to know
2: <laughs> um yeah we just don't need to do it this is about you you know this is we we talk about we did it that night as part of i'll, I'll actually you know just before you even get it, i'll pull i'll pull the curtain back slightly on why we're doing this and why we thought let's get a whole lot of people that we really like, we like talking, we've talked books about, whether that was online, offline, whatever capacity over the years, and just talk to them about this. It was when um, good friend, from behind the book, past writer, Lucas Harkins was on me post-draft. And we, re- we talked the draft. It's one of those things. It's like a week after the championship and we do a whole episode and we're talking about Sandman. We're talking about all the other guys they could have had. And I was like, I can't, this is someone like, I spoke to very regularly. He wrote countless great articles about the books on this. I was like, at the end, this I can't. we can't just talk draft. And so I was like, Lucas, let's let's just talk about the books winning a championship and tell me what it was like for you. And I just, I love that conversation. I was like, I cannot, I will never grow tired of that. So that's that's what I want to hear. I want to hear everyone's personal feeling, just how much it meant to them. Because I know how much it meant to us. We, uh, we did a podcast that night, which is maybe advisable, maybe not advisable. Um I was a mess like for a couple of hours now all of a sudden I was on camera being like, well, let's just try and say stuff. But I, I think it's really cool to hear what different people have to say on it. So yeah, I am uncomfortable with compliments, but two, I have to talk about myself a lot. So when it's a chance to talk about someone else, that's what I'm interested in. So if if it's your if it's the video you have in your mind or whatever way you want to frame this, the floor is yours, Ben.
3: I just, there was a Twitter poll that I did five years ago, which was a shot at LeBron, and I don't remember what was actually said, but it was kind of in the height of whatever team he happened to be leaving, and I was like, and I, the rough, the rough kind of idea of it, I think, was, like, option A, uh, Giannis plays for the team for 10 years, and comports himself Mm. excellently but like never wins anything and option b was like we have a great five-year run but everybody leaves immediately for the lakers or whatever team with the offseason basically doing what then probably later Kawhi did or whatever else and i forget whatever else i said but like the point of that was i really wanted to kind of instruct people as far as just my opinion that like Winning a title randomly doesn't necessarily, yeah, yeah, it's a validation of all these things, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like if your life is empty, like you go home and your life is still empty, right? Like, or, or, but I just feel like this Bucks championship was in the top, whatever percentile of all championships just ever. Like it's unbelievable. And the thing is, I, I think we don't always give Giannis credit for his kind of theatricality because he's, He's really an interesting character, and I don't think like like there's always some other thing. Like he's both this like Kobe disciple. Let's be honest, which kind of ties to the For kid sure. thing. He's he's this. Mani, I mean, look. I, you want to talk about head games? You want to talk about Jason Kidd head games? Like when Mariah had to run the lap after his free throws. I'm like, okay, that's a kid thing. Right. Mm So he, so on one level, he's that guy. He's been trained in this school, but he was probably that school. I would guess his dad was a little bit like that. Then he's this funny guy and he's this loyal guy. It's this very interesting kind of thing. But like, I don't think all titles are necessarily satisfying. The Bucks could have just kind of limped to a victory and it still would have been awesome. The way this movie ends is after missing every big free throw for, I don't know how many years <laughs> he makes all the free throws. Like who writes this? I can't believe that we won a game where he had 50 points. 17 to
2: 21. Am I right?
3: Yeah. 17 of them were free throws. And one of them was like for 51 points or something like that. Or one of them was like, once it was well over, um, it was like the simulation. It was the simulation <laughs> of everything. And there's an end at the end of um, uh one of those movies. Was it the Oliver Stone football movie? At the end of the movie, uh, Jamie Foxx, there's a flash of lightning and there's kind of an edit. And Jamie Foxx remembers um, watching Red Grange or somebody jump into the end zone in Al Pacino's apartment. And he has a Any flash of yeah and he has a flash of recognition and then he goes over the top and i always thought that was a little bit of kind of a well-done kind of i mean it's not well done because it's any given sunday but but i thought what it was trying to telegraph was kind of the the inspiration that happens when you play sports and if you play sports You're like, oh, they caught me going to my left. Well, I'm going to do this left the way I do it a lot of other times. Oh, wait, the guy's in the way, so now I'm going to go underneath. And actually, I've only ever seen that. Mm -hmm. And what actually happened when we were up game, like Chris didn't need to take that shot, but the lightning bolt hit and he was like, oh, I'm going to shoot this shot exactly the way I shot it in game one against the Heat. And and it's like this weird fadeaway. Like that's not a Chris regular season shot. That was that was very satisfying, and in that moment he's like, "Oh, I'm going to shoot this because it's not even a fade. It was kind of like a drifty kind of fade to the you know, to the right block extended."
2: It's it's the toughest, you know, tough shot express. It's like one of the toughest and weirdest shots that he's ever taken, and
3: that was that was incredibly satisfying, right? That was incredibly like.
2: I lost it. I've been on record. I just sobbed from that moment on because I was like, if he's making that shot now, like that is a moment, but continue.
3: Yeah. All of it, all of it seemed fake to me. All of it seemed fake to me. And I'm just like, I'm just shaking my son. Like I'm shaking myself really like I'm shaking him like, like Happy Gilmore, you know? And, and and at a certain point they just (laughs) left the room because they're just like, okay, so we won because we watched it on the projector in my room. And, and they're like, okay, yeah, we won. That's, that's cool. Whatever else. And, and I, I'll be, I didn't listen to your guys podcast. I didn't listen to anything. I didn't want, I didn't want to be influenced by anybody else's thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of just wanted to be, I, I don't want anything to mess this up, but it was super special. And, and I hate doing the podcast where I record into my phone, but I just went into the car and just kind of did it that way. And it was just like, yeah, I just want to say a couple of things. It was just really cool, dude. It was, it was really great. I wish I could have been there. I didn't do the thing where I called my dad or anything like that, but it, it was incredibly satisfying and, and special. And because sports doesn't actually mean anything. I, I was like, I'm still, I, I'm overcome even now just talking about it. it. So it was really great. And really they could stop playing basketball now, as yeah. far as I, so this is like the end of the chapter. Like, like I kind of st- I kind of stopped, um, Watching Avengers movies after Endgame because it was just like this is this this completes the story, right? Like mm-hmm. this is the fi- this is the final arrow that shot to um, decide the burial of Robin Hood. Like this conc- this concludes the story. This is it, and and this concluded the Bucks story. So my my life following the Bucks, my life um, in cold Wisconsin winters, uh, watching on Channel eighteen and Channel twenty four and UPN whatever and all these other channels, and and just just something that happened to be on before like married with children come on after it or whatever. And like, and, and this, like, of course we're still going to follow the team, but like this completes this chapter. Like, I, I don't want to see, I do not want to see what comes next dog. It, it was awesome.
2: You remind me of what Jordan's ongoing um, joke has been since, which Jordan do you want to,
1: it's a shame that the NBA is just stopping. That's yeah. You know, they're, they're done. <laughs> they're no anniversary celebration. They're like, we're just going to fold up shop
3: it's it's i'm in for it
2: um my last question then i i don't know i really don't think i'm gonna get an answer to this based on what you just said because it's i i know that everyone i asked this question was not gonna care but do you think that they could avoid another 50 year wait (laughs) do you think that this is something that could happen again or are they a franchise that and you know what i mean as long as as long as you happen to be in the right place at the right time to get to enjoy it like all of us have maybe it's not the worst thing because you know it'll never be taken for granted that the championships are so so special but are they destined to be this franchise that every once in a while it just clicks and they get their one or is there a possibility whether it's with this team and with Giannis or just by you know sheer percentages that maybe at some point what do you think do you think the books are more destined to be the books and have these very brief moments that matter all the more, or could there be more? I know you, I know you don't care. Cause like Jordan, the NBA is finished now, but it's, hypothetically. Really good,
3: it's a really good question. Um, look, we all like to think we're wise, right? Certainly I like to think I'm, I, I aspire to be wise. I'm not right. And I think one of the reasons sometimes I'm perceived as sort of unctuous on on Twitter or social media kind of stuff like that is because I think making the videos and going back and pulling audio clips and doing this kind of stuff reminds me how we felt in these other games. And uh, shout out to Frank Madden. Uh, I, I was pulling audio because, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of working on this video, but it's still kind of in the planning stage. And Giannis goes down with the knee. And he says all the right things for three minutes. I'm devastated for him. I'm so sad for him. I love him. All of this stuff like that. Dot 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 dot. And now we'll never be able to fire holes Was like the next thing. And that's how we felt after Game Four in the Hawks. Now we're never going to be able to fire this guy. So that's again. I, I'm totally on the Tresky on the the, the Tresky. Can we call it the Tresky doctrine? I'm totally on the Tresky doctrine. Like I don't. I don't. I, 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 I don't. And and maybe what look and I spend too much I waste too much time on Twitter anyway and I think this would probably be a good good opportunity to kind of step back from this because I'm just not going to fight over these regular season games against the Pacers anymore like I I just I just can't I I just can't and I think I'm going to keep that to like my uh, my other circle of friends because. There's a real idea. And I, I'm lying. even as I say that I'm lying, because to answer your question, there's a chance for the new Spurs. Right. And that's, that's kind of the model. And that's really kind of the idea. And maybe we get the buyout Jay Crowder type guy every year now, or we just kind of get some other piece and, and we'll be in kind of that mix. And by the way, injuries do happen every year. So whatever, like, I think the next probably beat us next year, but I mean, that's how it's supposed to go. Right. That's how it's supposed mm-hmm. to go. Like, 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 um, Frazier beats Ali, Ali beats Frazier, Ali beats Frazier. That's how it's supposed to go. So if, if, if the Nets blitz us next year, that's what I, I think I made some tweet Nets, uh, Nets game seven, where I was like, like Adam Silver's so incompetent that he doesn't realize that this is the, this is the year the Nets are supposed to lose. And, uh, but like, like it, it's a battle now, right? I think the Nets will, will come back, but th- that, 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 that would involve me thinking that James Harden could actually win a title which is uh,
2: but wow, like it's all coming together at the end this is incredible <laughs>
3: No but I'm just saying like but like next year we'll probably lose to the Nets and then the year after that we make a this, trade not saying who not saying who somebody with a this, number This <laughs> sounds like a guy
2: who's out all right. He's planning <laughs> trades the year after next.
3: <laughs> hey, I'm just saying man, we trade a guy with his number between 21 and 23 and we do uh, some kind whoa. of thing no, no. I'm just saying. Maybe we do. Maybe not. Like you know. Or it, but either way, that's that's fun, right? Like so. Like winning a championship isn't necessarily satisfying. I
2: can't believe but- you're trading Drew Holiday after saying. I mean, between 21 and 23. Oh man! You said he was your favorite. Now you're trading him. I can't believe it.
3: Uh, uh, I walked right into that one. <laughs> but look,
2: right look. You're you're you see. This is there are certain parts of this you'll be able like, to quit and we will all be able to quit. I, I think your point yeah. of like a random game against the Pacers in that none of that stuff is going to have to matter to us again. I also think we're all somewhat fooling ourselves and saying that now while we're able to, because as time goes on, things go like we all, we all like watching basketball. We all like watching the books and you, you get hooked in, but you get, look, you gave me enough there in terms of your, like we could be the next Spurs. That's I like that. That might be, that might be the outside shot, but there is, there is the chance there. I want it's... to, we can't, we can't have you on. Right. And you've just been, you've been tiptoeing around it, maybe starting to put your foot in it. <clears throat> to most people, you're the Chris Middleton guy, right? And this is not who you are to Jordan. And I, we know you and have talked to you for a long time and we like, I'll, I don't want to speak for Jordan, but Jordan, do you agree? Are you, Disagree with Ben's Chris Middleton takes one word generally. I know there is more nuance to it, but if we're to zoom out, I would generally agree. Yeah, agree with his Chris Middleton takes.
1: Well, no, we've all like
2: this is different. I was not expecting. I disagree is what I was gonna say.
1: Well, I think I can see both sides of it in that, like before this run, and this is you know speaking to the lightning in the bottle type thing, where it's like. If we're having questions about Giannis' ability to go to the, cha- like, win a title, like, yeah, that's going to happen about Drew Holiday when he's going 4-for-20, you know, like, it's going to happen with Chris, like, like all these, like, it happens to everybody. Bobby Portis didn't play three games in the Nets, like, that's another, like, sliding doors moment of that series. It's, it's not just Bud, but it's, like, to your point of, like, Bobby being this, like, if he could have, you know, one year, he wins the title, just walks away, like, it's not ruined. It could have easily been, you know, if they had lost a Brooklyn, his pack, whole time in Milwaukee would have been just like, you know, done.
2: People would be in my mansions every day, but Bobby Portis still. We, we wouldn't them. be
1: talking about like, how can they keep him? Like they don't have all these, this money. It's like, he didn't play the last three games of that series. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All that stuff. So I think like, yeah, like I, there were parts of, of the Chris, the Chris course, if you will, um, <laughs> <laughs> that I definitely, I definitely agreed with,
3: and pat that right now. You, yeah, you need to get a pattern for Chris Curse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like, I would, I would just, I, I don't know. I saw all sides of it as I did with the Yana stuff, and you know, Drew stuff, all that stuff, Bud stuff too.
2: Yeah, well, I agree with that. I agree with that. What, I, what, my thing is always that no, I don't think any player on this team is as great or as bad as everyone wants to make them out to be, and li- literally. No player is perfect. No coach is perfect, I think, has generally been the discussion that we found ourselves having more often than not over the history of the podcast because of the journey the Mm -hmm. books have gone on in that time. But the same applies for players. Now, you are known for your Chris takes because you've been deeply entrenched. Now, I don't know. I hope people are listening for when you gave them some flowers there earlier on the episode. But... How do you feel about that? I know, I know, part of you will and should feel based on things we've seen that you're right all along. But do you think that there were also things he showed you in the realm of which I know has been take the Twitter, I guess the loudness of Twitter out of it and get to the nuance. Part of your thing with him has always been you saw a different version of player he could be that would be more helpful for him, more helpful for the books. Do you see what happened? In the postseason as a combination of the two was it that he finally you know he stepped up when he needed to. He took more shots he just he didn't think so much about it do you see that and think okay well this is the point that i hope to see him reach in addition to still having some of the reservations that i have no doubt you have about it
3: well first of all it's really unfortunate that um the games that we wore the blue jerseys just don't count at all and so like, <laughs> like so we got to take that right off um
2: I should have worn so, my blue yeah, t-shirt for this. Yeah. That's what I should have worn. That really would I done it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, look, it, anybody who knows me knows I, I'm, I have a pretty good sense of humor about this kind of stuff. Anybody who wants to make me the Chris, and this is where I sound a little arrogant, but like, I'm not the Chris Middleton guy, like. Like I have an egot, man. Like in in the the T and egot is t shirts, right? Like I've I've been the video guy, I've been the uniform guy, <laughs> like I've been the podcast guy. Like I've I've done a lot of kind of things. Like if if people were like, oh, this is the Chris Middleton hater guy, I'm like, okay, well that's somebody who's trying to score. Points you
2: do score. know though, you are that to a lot of people. That's that's all I'm saying with that. You're you aren't you certainly aren't that to us, but there are a lot of people that, for example, when we put this pod out, they'll be like, oh, that's the guy with the Chris Middleton takes.
3: Yeah, but that's okay. A, a lot of people, though, a lot of people back-channel a polit- I don't say a lot, but, like, people will people be like, hey, man, I'm sorry I misjudged you or all this kind of stuff like that. What you always have to do when people... I try to be nice, but, like, I punch back, generally, like, because I, I don't think there's kind of any room for weakness in these kind of discussions because it just becomes kind of this other kind of thing. Like, I, I'm not really... Like, I don't delete tweets. I'm not, like, the cold-takes-exposed guy. So if, like, you want to pull up something, like, that's that's totally fine. And people try to do this. I I think the um oh p- perhaps one of your i won't mention the name but perhaps one of your um old contributors was was in my mentions and and, and with, with like an army of bots like pulling up like, like i had a tweet from 2018 where it's like a picture of like the uh the lebron jameson calves and like all of a sudden this was getting like retweeted and like all this kind of stuff Th- that's totally fine that's that's the look this is the business we've chosen that's right? the game like
2: right that's the game mm-hmm.
3: that, I- i'm totally fine with that um to summarize my feelings about um, James Christian Middleton, um, I'm just going to tell the truth. I'm just going to say the truth. Let, let, let's, That's what we clear. want. No, no, because I, I think he's a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks won a championship. I was thrilled every time he played well. It's not like, especially in the context of you guys, it's not like I'm saying, look, I think I'm a basketball expert. I'm not thinking, saying I'm a basketball expert in the context of you guys. You guys have probably watched a million more games than me at this point. But I play the game and I, like, like, I think what I think, right? Um, a lot of what the discourse, the level of discourse that I bring to it is kind of more of a barbershop kind of context and stuff like that. Chris Middleton is very, very, very interesting to talk about for me. Um, Jordan, have you ever played 21 or Hustle or any of the kind of oh, yeah. Yeah. permutations of that? What has seen? I said this like five years ago. What seems clear to me, and I especially felt this as a point guard. There's a kind of when you play when you play, and for just Adam, I'm sure you know, but just for your listeners, that's just a game where you're playing one one against everybody, one against the neighborhood. So it's a version of one on one, but you might have five guys guard you. And so in that scenario, you might do as Chris Middleton did, which is shoot a left-handed runner that banks in because you have to shoot. So your your cone of vision is not in any way involved with I might pass to the wing or I might do any of this kind of stuff, the first best shot wins. Even when you watch, and I was just going over this because I think I am going to include a little bit of the Atlanta Atlanta game six highlights in there. Even the shots Chris is making in Atlanta game six, his footwork is completely different. He's shooting. He's just He's just getting up buckets. He's just getting up shots, which is what we always kind of said. He's not like, hey, I'm square and it's the hard flick and everything. He was shooting on the way up a couple of them and everything. And it was a complete heat check performance. What I would like to see him do going forward, I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, this is this new confidence from Chris. I don't believe any of that. And I've, I don't think I've ever really called him a choker, although certainly he has choked. I just think, I mean, the fadeaway, is, if the fadeaway is a perfect kind of metaphor for Chris Middleton. The fadeaway, you get dizzy in the middle of it, right? And as you come around, then you see the hoop and you fire, right? The, the fadeaway, like, clears the mechanism in a kind of way, right? If you play ball. And it's like a complete rhythm shot. He's a player that i think has failed us a million times in a row like we were up to one against the raptors 2018 and he was garbage and then we lost right and there was all this kind of stuff and like this he was awesome in the Celtics series and he but we still lost and the magic series it felt like he was having an aneurysm before like the heat series like there's all these years right all these games i don't expect him to be any better than this but what actually happened just in my opinion is Giannis became like a top 15 player of all time. And when you say 15, like there's a lot of really great players there. Like like Giannis next to Wilt and Duncan and all these like titans of the game. But I think you have to give Chris credit because, and, and you have to give Chris alongside Bootenholzer credit, that they just said, dude, go shoot. They said, go shoot. Don't worry about it. This is our game plan. Our game plan is for you to shoot 30 times. Like, I don't think he shot 10 three-pointers at any point in the regular season all last year. And then all of a sudden, he's getting up a bunch of shots, and I think it just matters. With that being said, I'm a hater. Uh, Drew was the better player during the regular season. Drew was the better player during the Olympics. I would assume that Drew is going to be the better player next year. But it doesn't matter. We finally, guys, finally, finally, finally maximize his gifts. And yes, I was furious. Even that game, like even even game six, like he has a turnover like a minute and a half left and then like somebody steals the rebound. I just, like, I don't think I've ever been frustrated by another player as much as I have by this guy. But I will give him his flowers. There were times, not every time, but there were times where James Christian Middleton rise to the moment. He rose to the moment. He knew he had to shoot. He took the shots and he went to a level that I did not think he could get to in like three or four games. And so like, like we, we witnessed it happen and I think you have to give him credit for some of that, but I think the flaws will always be the flaws. And so maybe that's me giving a middling answer to this, but that's, that's just what it is. I don't think, I I think, Everybody who was waiting, because that's, that's the thing too. We went through all these series and then you have like a 40 point game in game four and people be like, hey, you're crazy if you don't think he's going to be an all-star next year. And it's like, we just watched the first three games. And so there were all these kind of series. And and frankly, like I listened to you guys, man, Adam, you were killing him. I, I, I went back and listened, like after the nets, you were like, what is this effort by Chris? What is this defensive effort after this? Blake Griffin's running by these guys, all this kind of stuff like that. I don't know what his deal is still. And even I'll talk myself right back into hating him by the end of this monologue. All I'm saying is for this one year, for the last year of basketball, this thing worked. And, and now, I mean, Maybe he gets his number retired. It's it's really that simple. To the victory, go the spoils.
2: There's no maybe about it, right, Jordan?
1: I would imagine his number is getting retired.
2: I, I mean, I get it generally, and you're right. I, I did get on him at times, and the thing that I think is interesting about that, though, and I think the thing that makes it, is I... Jordan will test this. I get on Giannis all the time for those kind of effort things, yeah. and that's still it's a it's a major fault. I think it's it's
1: it's the like expectations reality. You you put all this on, you know how great they can be, and you know when you see like frustrate, like when Giannis like does the frustrating or uh, falls out of frustration, or the equivalent that to that with Chris's you know sloppy ball handling, turnover, all that. Like it's the little things that it's like. You just you know clean up the the stuff that you can control. It's like that's where it, you get you know peeved by what they're doing or whatever it is. Or like when the Bucks give up a you know what should have been a defensive rebound and they it leads to a second chance bucket or whatever to the like the opponent. Like it's the stuff that like you feel like they can control that always just kind of like you know niggles in your brain where it's like this is stuff like you could correct like you know out of you know. Nine times out of ten.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, part of this too, I think, boils down to there's no nuance on Twitter. There's no room for nuance. No one has the time for the nuances also. Yeah. It's, it's not just like people aren't willing to take the time to to go and listen to it. It's also like if I tweet something and the amount of times I like type something out and I delete it because I'm like, I don't have time to go back and forward on the follow-ups to this. I don't, I might not just have the desire to, but it's also, it's like, I just don't have the time for this. And that's, that's part of it with you. I'm glad to have you on. It's been amazing to talk about all of this because you know, this Jordan and I, we really like your pod. We've been on there, we'll be on there again. I hope, just as I hope you'll be back on with us. And we, we always love talking to you. Um. We think you've got really interesting perspectives on a lot of different things. And I do think it's worth people checking all that out for anyone who does see you as the Chris Milton guy. I think they're um, they're overlooking and they're missing a lot of good stuff and more than anything. And I think you've tipped yourself. You love to spark conversation. And that is, that's the barbershop element to it too. And as you Mm -hmm. said, he is an interesting player to discuss and whether that's Chris Middleton or a lot of other things, I think across your videos, across your podcast, that leads to, and on Twitter, um, a lot of really fun and good conversation too.
3: Both of you guys, there's friends and then there's internet friends. You, both of you guys are as close to um, friend friends as anybody from the internet can be. Um, Both of you guys have been incredibly complimentary and nice um, throughout the years. And, and good, and good constructive criticism and feedback at the same times too. So I like, it's, it's, um it, it's nothing for, but, but love for me uh, toward both of you guys. I really appreciated kind of how our relationship is kind of weaved and grown throughout the years, but yeah, man, it's, um, thanks.
2: No, thanks. Thank, Thank you, you for coming on. We, uh, <laughs> we really appreciate it. It should have happened a long time ago. It's been great to have you on and to go. Through your books journey and you know some of the detours when you wanted to not answer questions, but that is that is fully part of the experience. So it's been a lot of fun to work through all of that. Um, have you got anything else, Jordan? I think that about uh, it. I
1: have think I'm good. I think we covered right. a lot of bases.
2: Well, thanks to all of you for listening. You can you can get us wherever you listen to your podcast, as you know at this point. You can also find us on YouTube at the Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, if you haven't checked out GSPN Jeopardy, remember, go watch it or at least watch the start of it and then get in Rowan Coddy's mentions about the, just the injustices, you know, the doubts that he's seeding in people's minds about, you know, whether they, whether they really know their own life or not. There's a lot going on there. Go and get it, Rowan. Um, gspn.substack.com to make sure you get all of our content and any articles or whatever. Sign up there. It all goes straight to your inbox. We'll have more of these. We're going to chat some more people um, over the next couple of months. We'll probably have some mailbags and stuff dotted in there too, but this is mostly what we're going to do, so we hope you all enjoyed listening. Thanks again for checking it out. Thank you, Ben, for coming on and joining us.
3: TonyWorld.com.
2: That's exactly where you'll find them, man. 10% off the store.
3: Uh, we're doing 10% off the entire store. I'm I, as much as I can do one t-shirt a month. I want to kind of have one design a month, but, uh, but let's not even pimp that. i even though I just did. No, um,
2: do. I, I love, I loved it. you. You've had a few really nice ones recently, but I love the New York subway. The the one you've done for, for books and seven for the net series, I think is incredible.
3: I think you can fully wear that shirt and people not get the reference. Cause I think it all kinds of different questions about what color should I make it bucks colors or should I make it stand out or should I do groupings? And then we just kind of made it kind of completely more random, even though that meant having like a blue dot, but it, but it was, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that, one.
2: but I will, did, I will. Did the blue will, dot hurt you? Did it hurt you deeply? Yes. With the yes, blue no.
3: yes. It's just, you know, um, I, I will give you guys an exclusive, um david dunn 21 day 9 21 21 we will have the bucks playoff video finals video whatever i'm gonna call it um i'm gonna have it done by then if i have time to make a trailer we're gonna do that but i'm I'm giving myself a a boundary a a boundary to make this thing happen and 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 hey i love you guys if i delete all my accounts that day maybe i will uh, we'll see how it goes, but we're gonna burn the boats. Nine twenty-one, twenty-one. We're gonna we're gonna cap this thing off.
2: I uh, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it, and I hope everyone goes and checks it out. Thanks again to all of you. Also, thank you, Jordan. Thank you. <laughs> thank you.